Praise the Lord. Well, you know, uh, as I've been thinking about what I wanted to minister, because I haven't ministered in a while. It's been, I don't even know, like probably two months. And it's amazing how the nerves, they just never leave you. You know, you're like, you're like, ah, I'm so good at this. And then, you know, give it a little bit of time and you get nervous again. But praise the Lord. God is, he is doing a new thing. Um, and I feel like whenever I stand up here, I always say that. But it's amazing how in God, when you are in a very progressive movement and you're in a church led by people who really desire to um, continually be in the new things of what God is doing, sometimes it can seem almost frustrating because it's like, oh, God is doing a new thing. And it's like, you know, my mom will stand up and be like, oh, this is what God is doing. And then it's like this one thing. And then she'll show up like three days later and be like, oh, this is what God is doing. And it's like, what about that last thing? And, and I feel like what God is doing in this season ultimately is that for people who are willing to, um, what's the best way to say this, to take God um, at the fullness and the bigness of who he is, uh, it was like the picture that I saw as I was getting ready was like that there was angels and they were just giving out keys constantly giving out keys, and I feel like with all these new things of, that are coming out is like, they're just keys that God is handing out to people, and the amazing thing about those keys that I, that as I saw it, was like that the keys weren't necessarily for everybody, that sometimes what can happen to us is that we feel like, you know, why are things always changing, and why are so many people talking about different things? It's because, you know, a part of family is, and this is very evident in our family, is that some days it's all about Liz, okay? And then some days it's all about Jess, and really there's no days that are my dad, but <laughs> you can pray for him. But sometimes when it's, but sometimes when we are, when we're in church, what we have to remember is, is that God is delivering messages to specific people in the family. And as I began to prepare this message, um, it, it was really cool uh, because I've been wanting to preach with a whiteboard so bad uh, because I actually had the idea like the week before my dad, and I didn't say anything, so I'm not saying that he copied me or that I'm smart or whatever, that's not what I'm saying, okay? But I wanted to preach with a whiteboard because I just wanted to do it. And so I'm, I was walking around today and I was asking the Lord, Lord, why, um, why have you been showing me the whiteboard? And as I was spending time with the Lord, um, you just have to excuse me because like, let me get through this preliminary. This is what I'm going to cry. When I get to the message, I'm not going to cry there. Um, as I was getting ready to, pre to, to preach tonight, uh, the Lord, um, you know, one of the, I, I tell you, one of the most amazing things to do is like practice seeing in the spirit, okay? Because here's the deal, like I've never seen something else like in the world, Okay. But I practice like perceiving. That's the word that I, my, me and my mom use that word now, perceiving what's going on. But the amazing thing about it is, is that when I'm spending time with the Lord, I see Jesus. And um, sometimes it's so weird um, because like it, it is, he, it's really real. And sometimes we could feel like we want Jesus to like show up like in the room and like, oh, now he's here. But I tell you something, as you begin to practice, like, because we know we're spirit beings, you know, that was the whole thing Blake wrote in, in his book, The Veil. And it was basically, you know, I, I read the book and I loved it because like, this is something that I'm really pursuing that I feel like God has put on my life. But as I read it, like he basically, he makes the statement of like, what if I told you that the veil that keeps us between being able to live and see into the spiritual realms was torn 2000 years ago? 
And, and so anyways, I'm saying that to say is that as, as I'm getting ready, like I, I'm actually spending time with Jesus, and it was a really funny picture um, because Jesus had the whiteboard, and so maybe that was the whole reason. And so if you pretend that I'm Jesus and there's a whiteboard right here, um, I knew that he wanted to say something. And so he started, he took a cap off of a marker and he started writing on the whiteboard. But the way that I was sitting in the room, I couldn't see what was on the whiteboard. And he started writing and he stepped away and I saw that he wrote his own name on the whiteboard, Jesus. And I was like, you know, because sometimes Jesus has a funny sense of humor because I feel like I would do that. Like, I have a really important thing I have to tell you, and I would write my name in giant letters. And so I didn't know if that was what he was doing, but it wasn't. And, and, um, and then I saw him, he erased his name off of the whiteboard, and then he wrote the word grace. And um, the Lord just began to talk to me um, about this understanding that you know, sometimes we can talk about grace, and I've, I've talked a little bit about grace in the past, um, but we, we sometimes talk about this concept as though it's this thing, you know? And sometimes in the church, things can become almost like, you know, here, this is, this is faith. And like, when you have it, you have it, and it's this is faith. But the reality of grace is, is that grace is not a thing. Grace is a person. Grace is Jesus. And, and the pursuit of grace is the pursuit of Jesus. And as I began to kind of like walk down this road with the Lord, the Lord began to speak to me uh, just a little bit about the, just this idea of grace. And, you know, for the last little bit of, of season, um, first of all, what I want to say is, has my dad's message been awesome? Yeah. Yo, they've been so good. My dad is awesome. Actually, let's pray. Heavenly Father, because I'm about to get started. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all the amazing things that you're doing. Lord, we just welcome your angels in this place, God. We know that they've been sent and dispatched to help us, to give us everything that we need. And so we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome all the heavenly help that you desire to send to us today. Lord, we know that this word is coming, God, to deliver us, to accelerate us, God, and to push us into the new things that you would desire for us to do. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through my mouth, that you'd think through my mind, God, that, that I would deliver this word with accuracy, Lord, that everything that you would want me to say, that I would speak and deliver. We thank you, Father, Lord, for your anointing that rests heavy in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, testify. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, that's one of the, that is, uh, like, if you read about revivals, like, that is basically what people talk about with revival, is that there's very little preaching. It's like typically like testifying. Anybody else want to testify? Real quick. You got a moment? Any testify? Okay, you will by the end of this. So, um, so for the, for, for anyways, as I was saying, that as we, as I began to pursue this road, because I was so heavy, like really pressing into faith, uh, one of the things that I noticed, um, because, you know, we love faith and we want to pursue faith, is that a lot of the times what can happen to us is that faith leads us down a road of performance. Right? right? It's just the truth. Yeah. Um, because faith is very much based off of what I do. And, and that's just the reality of it. It is, you know, I got to read, I have to pray, I got to do my confessions, I got to meditate. And that's just the reality, Okay. That is how you develop faith. That's how you get into the realm of faith. And what I began to notice in my own life um, was that as I was really, since the beginning of the year, really actively pursuing faith, what began to happen to me is that I actually started to get afraid. 
And uh, I know that I'm not alone because I've talked to a number of people that have experienced this. Um, and I became so afraid to like not do my confessions. Or, you know, I, I had a beeper that was set and it would beep and it was like, you know, if I missed it, I would feel like, oh God, like afraid that now that I didn't do it, something bad was gonna happen. Because you see what happens to us, and, and I find that, you know, it's like Christianity is so easy, but at the same time, it's so flippin' confusing, okay? Because it's like, you know, just walk this straight, perfectly narrow, straight path, and, you know, it's so easy. But as soon as you, like, oh, take one little step to the side, it's like, I have, you know, you, you end up falling way off course. And, and I find that as, you know, as I was pursuing this life of faith, is I was doing the right things, all the things that we learn all the time. But I was forgetting about grace. Because you see, all of my human effort, although it's important, because we know, we read in the scripture where it says, you know, faith without a corresponding action is what? It's dead. It's nothing. It's dead works. It's going to amount to nothing, right? But the scripture says is that you show me your faith and I'll show you my works, but what? Let's put them together. And then I think it's the message translation that says that that's, it's like supercharged faith. It's, you know, faith that's getting ready to begin to do some action. And so I'm not saying that faith isn't about action, but what I'm saying is, is that as I was pursuing this road and this lifestyle of faith, because the, the microscope was always on me and what I was doing, I began to get afraid that I wasn't doing enough in order to get to where I wanted to go. And I've said this before, is that sometimes the most difficult thing about faith is that in order to see where I want to go, I have to, dis to know where I am. And most of the time, where I am is actually pretty darn scary. Because really, it's nowhere near where it is that I want to be. You know, and in so many areas of my life, as I was pursuing faith, what was happening is I noticed that I was getting nervous and I was getting afraid, and I began to become so much more aware of the, the uh, deficiency in that area a hundred times more than even before I really began to pursue it by faith. Right. Like one of the areas was, is I was believing God for finances, right? I'm getting ready to get married. Thank yeah. you. And I was really actively pursuing finances because, you know, it costs money to have a wife. A lot of money, I'm told. And so I'm like actively pursuing uh, finances. And, you know, Danielle would say to me, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm like I'm spiritual now because I got my beeper and my confessions. And Danielle would look at me and she would say, you talk about money so much now. Like whenever you're talking about things, you're always talking about how much does this cost and, and what does that cost? And I'm like, you know, then I have the spiritual answer, right? And I'm just trying to be, you know, a good steward of the money that God has given to me. But the reality was, is that my wedding was on my mind and I'm thinking about all the zeros that it's going to cost and I was afraid. But you see, up until this period of time that I was pursuing faith, it was like, yeah, God's going to do it. I don't, I don't know how. Truthfully, I don't even care how he does it. I just know that he's going to do it. And I feel like what happens to a lot of us down this faith road, and I know that everybody has experienced this at one point or another, is that somehow in the midst of the journey, we just cut Jesus out of the picture. 
not intentionally, not because we don't know him and conceptually in the back of our mind know that he wants good for us, but as human beings, like we're created to be tunnel visioned. Like that's the way that we are, right? When we want something, it's like, boom, tractor beam, tunnel vision, I'm going for that thing. And as we, if we, cut Jesus out of the equation, grace out of the equation, where my prosperity is about how well I can do in doing my daily confessions, then I step into performance and I step into works and toil and I step out of the blessing. Because you see, the blessing was never about what I could do. It's the dangerous road of faith is that, you know, on one hand we say, do, do, do. And on the other hand we say, rest, rest, rest. Don't rest too long, you gotta do, do, do. But in your doing, make sure that you rest. But don't rest too long because, you know, you gotta do. And it can become this, ah, frustration. You know, sometimes we want to be like, oh, it's the grace of God. So, you know, ah, praise the Lord. Thanks for my wedding, Lord. You got it. So I sit here and do nothing. And then there's the other road that's like, I get so caught up in it that I get a, you see, it was never intended to be that way. One of the things I was asking the Lord, what he wanted me to say to you, and he said, tell them that your life was created to be enjoyed. Tell them that your life, your life, it was created to be enjoyed. And if you're not enjoying it, you can feel like. <laughs> and so like I said, as I, as I began to get ready, I saw Jesus, he pulled up that whiteboard and he wrote his name on there and he just wiped it out and he wrote the word grace and and, you know, sometimes I, I wish that when Jesus shows up, that when he shows up, he makes you ultra smart. Because, like, when he asks you questions, it's like you get with Jesus, and it's like you're just a straight dummy. You're like, uh, right? It's like I want to be so smart, but you're just not. And so I'm like, Lord, what does that mean, grace, right? And, uh, you know, he began to, he began to um, talk to me about this understanding that, Everything that we want, everything that we desire, right? Souls, revival, missions, you want health in your body, you want strong relationships, whatever it is. That all of those things are already completed inside of grace. It's already been done. 2,000 years ago, the scripture says that Jesus hung on the cross and said those words, it, it is finished, right? Not speaking of his life, that his life was finished, because we know he didn't die at that moment. But we knew that what meant it is finished is that the, this transition between or from the old covenant, which was do good, get good, do bad, get bad, to the new covenant, which was God is good, that's what Jesus purchased for us on the cross. And so as we look at that and, and as we look and see 
the things that God is desiring for us to step into and in our own personal life, the things that we are desiring to step into, what we have to remember is that all of those things have already been purchased. Like Blake says it like this. He said he was walking uh, down the street somewhere. I wish I knew Blake more personally so that I could like reference him and be like, yeah, my buddy Blake, but he's not my buddy. I texted him one time and he didn't respond to me. (laughs) Tear for me. I really wanted to be friends with him, but... He says in his book that he was walking on a street somewhere and the Lord had opened up his eyes to see and there was gold, piles of gold that were sitting out front of people's homes. And it, it, was, it was like in the ghetto, people suffering and struggling and in poverty. And, and the Lord basically said to them that if they only knew that this stuff was already theirs. You know, and as I began to think about that, it began to challenge me on the inside to realize that yes, Faith is so important because it is the way that we access grace, right? We know the scripture says that the way that we enter into grace is by faith or we enter into grace by believing, but it, the end result is not faith. The end result is not believing. The end result of where we want to be is in grace. The end result of where we want to be is in Jesus. And so it's not so much about the fact that we're so good at believing, but about the fact that we're so good at believing in the fact that Jesus has already done everything that we need him to do. Okay. Is that making sense to everybody? Okay. And so in order for us to understand now where we are right now, we have to understand where we've been. Where did we come from? Okay, and so we know that in the Garden of Eden, right, we know that it was a place that was created for us and it was absolutely perfect, okay? If God would have had his plan, he would have had us live in the Garden of Eden forever. That as Adam and Eve would have reproduced, I don't know, maybe the garden would have gotten bigger or whatever, um, but as, or maybe it was literally gigantic, maybe it was the whole earth, I don't actually know. Um, But God's plan was that we would live in that place continually for the generations for the rest of our lives, right? That we would never know deception, that we would never know anything but the truth, and because the truth was in us, that our lives would be blessed continually because when the truth is in us, the truth produces of itself the blessing, okay? And so that was God's plan all along. God never wanted Adam and Eve to eat the apple. It was never in his cosmic plan that God wanted to do that, but they did it, and God got busy right away figuring out how he was going to get man back to that place. So what we have to understand is is that God's desire or what grace looks like in our life or the potential of grace in this season is that our life would go back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden, okay? where we know that Adam didn't have to work in order to get things done, okay? In the garden, we know that God, the way that Adam did things was through authority. As soon as he did the thing, ate the apple, went out of the garden, that was when he had to work, The end result of this faith, grace, understanding, all of that, the end result of it is authority. That's where I was going to go tonight. My mom, sorry about that. Sorry to leave you hanging there. You know, go over to zig, shit a zag. And so God's desire for us is that our life would look the way it looked in the garden. Okay? Adam didn't have to worry. 
He didn't care. He didn't wonder where his next meal was going to come from. You know, when Adam needed a companion, what did he do? God just created one. You know, I was thinking about that, just this, this idea of like, you know, if that happened today, like what would happen if, you know, I really want a companion so bad. And so God's like, oh, I'm just going to create a companion for him. But it's like God would like go back in time and like have somebody be born in like, for, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's just this crazy thought. But anyways, essentially what I'm trying to say is, is that in the Garden of Eden, right, everything was taken care of. That life for Adam was about relationship with God. That the Bible says that he would walk with God in the cool of the day, and that's what his life became about. My life when I was performancing my way into faith, I'll tell you, there was not an emphasis on relationship with God. (laughs) Because I was so busy doing my confessions, I don't have time to like relate God. You know, I need money. I gotta get married. And so, sorry, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what it is that you're doing. I feel like there's, there's just, it's like this thing, Lord, help it to go from in my brain, Lord, and just come out. All right. I don't know if it's because I'm rusty or if it's... So let's just let this happen. Let's rebuke the rust, Lord. Yeah. Because you see, okay, the first thing that we need to understand, oh, is this. Yes, this is where I want to be right now. Hallelujah. Lord, you're good. It's because I rebuked the rust. Is when it, uh, we have in this understanding, listen, people, it's like it, you've got to get the juices flowing again. All right, that's it. In our understanding of grace, okay, and in this, is that we have to remember that grace is Jesus' reward. Okay? And this is sometimes where, this is where it becomes very, very simple for us. Is that since grace is Jesus' reward, there's absolutely nothing that we can do to get grace. Okay? Grace has absolutely nothing to do with you and I, okay? And as much as that may sound like, oh, that's not good, it's actually so amazing for you. Because the way that Jesus got into this place was, you know, he lived perfect, he died. I mean, I don't necessarily want to walk that road in order to get grace, but thank God that Jesus did. And so grace, right, this place of favor, right, seated far above, right, given the name above every name, Right? He got that as a result of what he did. Yeah. Jesus is, grace is Jesus' reward. So for me to experience grace, it has nothing to do with what I can do. Right. Okay? It has nothing to do with what I can do. Because that's the number one thing that the enemy wants to try to make us focus on and emphasize on is how much can we deserve this. Okay? And he tries to, even in our pursuit of grace, get us focused on ourself, okay? If he can't get you in one ditch, I'll tell you, he's gonna try and get you into the other ditch. 
right? He's going to try to get you to focus on all of the ways and all of the areas of how you don't deserve to step into this thing, okay? But this thing, grace, has absolutely nothing to do with us. Has nothing to do with what I'm going to do. Has nothing to do with how good I've been, right? All it has to do with is the fact that Jesus, if I had a whiteboard right now, right? Jesus bridged the gap for us to be able to get to the Father. That bridge can never be destroyed, okay? It doesn't matter, you know, sometimes you hear, you know, we hear those things sometimes like, oh, you don't want to like grieve the Holy Spirit and you know, oh, God is here and so let's just whatever. No, God is never going to leave you, okay? The scripture says that right in Romans, right? There's no depth, there's no height, there's no angel, there's no demon, there's nothing that could separate us from the love of God, right? The grace bridge that Jesus, um, that he created to the Father is there regardless of, doesn't matter what you do, which means that our blessing the blessing that we desire, it is there for us regardless of what we do, okay? Which is sometimes difficult for us to grasp in a word of faith background, okay? That's, but that's the truth, okay? It has nothing to do with you at all. Praise God. Thank you for that. And so how do we get to Jesus? That's the question. If grace, if Jesus is grace, and the way that I get grace is I get to Jesus, the question is, how do I get to Jesus? Okay? And in John 15, right, we know that the scripture says that when I abide in you and your words abide in me, right, that I become connected to the the vine. Okay? Lord, I'm just thanking you. I'm feeling this like thing, and so I'm, I'm trying to like discern what the Lord wants to do. Lord, I just thank you, Father, what it is that you desire to do, Lord, that it would happen. Because I know the difference between like, you know, rust, and the Lord is trying to do something. So Father, we just welcome you into this place. This happens to me every once in a while, and I know it's because God is trying to do something. And so Father, we just, we welcome you. Um, there's, thank you, Lord. Let's just wait for two seconds. Don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable, but I just don't want to miss what God is trying to do. Thank you, Lord. Because I feel like what the Lord is wanting to do this evening is his desire is to refresh us. Um, Because I feel like a lot of what has happened to us in this last season where it's been that we've preached so much about faith is that what's happened is it's almost been, it's almost produced like a discouragement is the way that I saw it. That there is, you know, the enemy has highlighted certain things in our life, you know, relationships or situations or things that have happened. And, you know, as we've tried to pursue them, it seemed as though nothing had happened, then that nothing had changed. And it's produced like, almost like a discouragement or a despair on the inside of us. And I believe that what the Lord is desiring to do tonight is to just break us free from that thing, okay? So that's what we're gonna do. So like the scripture says in John 15 that when his words abide in us, that that is the way that we enter into grace. And so when I am full of God's words, right, that's all that's necessary. Okay. Do you want to just come over for a second? I feel like we are so, I'm like feeling like this real intense thing on the inside of me.
Maybe. Yeah, let's just pray. Hallelujah. Want to apologize, but thank you, Jesus. No, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. I think you know. Yesterday, I one of the things that the Lord showed me was out of out of the book of um, is it Numbers with the story of Balaam and King Balak, and basically, essentially, what the Lord was saying is that. It's like Alex started the message today, and the Lord's saying he's doing new things. And the donkey in this story perceived the angel of the Lord coming. But, but Balaam was ignorant. And I believe, you know, in this season, what God is trying to do is he's trying to increase our discernment. And sometimes God will go to great lengths to even, you know, stop a service and make us nervous. You know, I mean, he's not trying to make us nervous, but draw our attention to the fact that God wants us to pay attention, to, be, to learn to become more sensitive to him, to his agenda, to his plan, to what he's doing. And essentially, in the story, in Numbers, that's what happened. And all of a sudden, the donkey speaks up to Balaam and says to him, I've been with you all these years, paraphrase. I've never done anything to hurt you. And all of a sudden, you struck me three times because it looks to you like I'm trying to hurt you because you're not seeing what I'm seeing. You're not seeing what's really going on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so, God, we just ask that you would do that tonight, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would just, Lord, the, the reward of Jesus is Holy Spirit, our gift, Holy Spirit, who comes to teach us to be sons, who the scripture says are led by Holy Spirit. And Lord, right now, we just stand in agreement, and I just want to open up the altars. If you're in this place, and maybe as a result of you feeling at times in your life like you were following God, but things didn't work out the way you thought they should, and you felt like everything that was in you. See, what happened to him in the story is he's confronted with feeling absolutely embarrassed. When God opens his eyes, he's totally humiliated and embarrassed because the donkey is seeing what's going on spiritually but he's not seeing. And so he's discouraged and embarrassed. And I feel like God is wanting to deal with what, what Pastor Alex is talking about, is that in, it's not in order for us to shift into this place of rest and grace, we have to be able to make the shift in our heart that says, God's looking at, our, at the motive of our heart. We've done things and we've judged ourselves by our outward behavior and we've judged our life based on what things look like. And so because of that, discouragement came. And so what ha can happen to us subconsciously is we feel like, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to go at this again. I will subject myself to all of these teachings, but I'm never going to let these teachings actually get into my heart so that they provoke me to do something. And I feel like Holy Spirit is putting his finger on that because 
Spirit of grace, Holy Spirit is in this place. But if we don't allow him in our heart to actually move in grace, we're moving in grace. That's the, that's the action part of faith. There is a moving in faith, but it's moving in step with the Holy Spirit. And if you stepped out in faith, you know, with a right heart, and either it didn't work out the way it should have, or you thought it didn't work out the way it should have, and it left you in this place of discouragement, you're not going to move in step with Holy Spirit. And there's an invitation for us in the area of restoration to be able to, to walk with Him. And so I, I feel like He just wants to open up, I feel like He wants to open up the altars, and I feel like He wants us to give grace to one another. I feel like the grace that he wants us to give one another is that if there's only one person that would come to the altar, that we, the body of Christ, would just open up our heart to the freedom that would come to one saint because we would, we would allow our brothers and sisters to come to that place of freedom. Amen. That we would allow ourselves to, just like that thing that I read earlier in 2016, that unity, the unity of the family would be more important to us than whether I get to the mark by myself. And so if you're here and, and you, you feel like, yeah, that's me. I've done that. I've put my life in that place where I heard all about the fact that faith pleases God. And I've done what Pastor Alex said. I've gotten in my word and I've, I've confessed my scriptures, but it didn't really change my life. And so, yeah, I put myself in church to hear this message of faith. And yeah, I do actually believe that it's the year of faith and God has, I believe all of that. But there's something on the inside of my heart. There's this door that's locked inside of my heart. And now the door won't let me go through. I want to go through, but there's something in my heart that won't let me advance. I've been there in my life. I've been there in my life where Pastor Ian would say to me, I don't know why you're not doing this. I've been there in my life where the Lord would say to me, I don't know, Tina, how else would you like me to give you this message? I've brought minister after minister after minister here to confirm you of this thing that I'm asking you to do. And I would say to Pastor Ian, I know how to live by faith. It's not that I don't want to. There's this door in my heart. Anytime that word comes to me, anytime it's preached to me, anytime that God is trying to encourage me, there's something in me that won't let me move forward. Holy Spirit is here to bring us forward, to move us forward. If you're here in your Christianity tonight, and you would feel that way. Jesus said, I am offering you grace. Jesus came in truth and grace. Everything he did through the power and the presence of Holy Spirit in his life, Holy Spirit changed everything. Holy Spirit is here tonight. If that's you, God's gonna stop the whole service. You would honestly say, you know what, I've been a Christian for a lot of years. And I've tried faith, and I've stepped out of faith, and it makes sense to me. And I really want to live by faith. I want to do this, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid to step out, come to the altar. God wants to minister to you. I believe you said that God was handing out keys. And I believe that those doors, th those keys that Pastor Alex saw are the keys that are going to unlock those doors that you would have said in your heart, 
I, I just can't seem to move forward. I'm stuck. I just can't seem to go forward. I want to go forward. I just can't seem to. God, there's a door that's on my heart. Just like me in my life. God, I want to do this. I, I'm saying yes to you. Something in me is like cement on my feet that will not allow me to step into my destiny. I don't know, God, how to get rid of that thing. But I want it. I want it. And what God is telling us tonight is that is the work of Holy Spirit. It's the work of Holy Spirit in our life. It's those areas in our life where we can't do it. And Pastor Alex is telling us tonight the beauty of that is that we were never meant to. That we were never meant to. In Jesus' life, everything changed. When Holy Spirit partnered with him, everything changed. Everything changed. Everything changed.